Support for this episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere is made possible by the Wessex Press, the premier publisher of books about Sherlock Holmes and his world. Find them online at wessexpress.com. I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, episode 157, Sherlock Holmes Cyclopedia. I hear of Sherlock everywhere since you became astronomer. In a world where it's always 1895, comes I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, a podcast for devotees of Mr. Sherlock Holmes, the world's first unofficial consulting detective. I've heard of you before. You're Holmes the meddler, Holmes the busybody, Holmes the Scotland Yard jacket office. <laughs> The game's afoot as we discuss goings-on in the world of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts, the bigger streeter regulars, and popular culture related to the great detective. As we go to press, sensational developments have been reported. So join your hosts, Scott Monty and Burke Walder, as they talk about what's new in the world of Sherlock Holmes. You couldn't have come at a better time! And welcome once again to I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast for Sherlock Holmes devotees where it's always 1895. I'm Scott Monty. I'm Bert Wolder. And, you know, it is absolutely a delight as we close down November and enter December to share this time with you once again. You know, we, we do this thing here uh, for the sake of really you. Our listeners, we want to bring you the most interesting people uh, that have the most interesting things to say about what's going on in the world of Sherlock Holmes. And in that vein, we are planning for 2019. So if you know of people that are doing worthy and interesting things, things that kind of stand out that you think the rest of the world of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts needs to know about, please let us know. Be in touch. In a variety of ways, you can certainly comment on our website at IHearOfSherlock.com. The show notes for this episode are available at iHose.co slash iHose157. You can comment directly on that page. You can send us an email, comment at IHearOfSherlock.com. That is certainly a preferable way to recommend uh, interviewees to us. And, of course, we're on all of the social networks as well, as I hear of Sherlock. And if those don't work for you, well, there's always the phone. And we can still be reached on our hotline at 774-221-READ. That's 774-221-7323. Yes, and uh, we are eager for your feedback because it... Yeah, I mean, one of the things we've never really talked about explicitly in these podcasts is that on a practical basis, neither Scott nor I really care very much about Sherlock Holmes. So your ideas and suggestions are going to be really important. That's, that is a great point. And, you know, if, if this isn't for you, you know, if you don't want to listen to individuals talk uh, fresh air style about their Sherlockian experience, well, We've got this other show that we do every week called Trifles, where we look at some of the details in the Sherlock Holmes stories. You can find that on any of the major podcast networks, and the show notes are available at SherlockHolmesPodcast.com. We are doing the same exercise over there. If you think there are things that we should cover 
uh, please write in and tell us. Same email address, same contact information. We would be delighted to hear from you. Well, we're delighted to hear from this fellow here. Bert, why don't you tell us all about our guest? We are very pleased to welcome uh, someone with a very unique title, and you could find this title inside his book, which we're going to be talking about shortly. He has the title, he says here, of Sherlock Holmes Media Pundit, and that is Howard Ostrom. Howard, his first introduction to mystery fiction was his older sister's Nancy Drew mysteries, and his local librarian pointed him to Sherlock Holmes uh, or the Hardy Boys, and he never much cared for the Hardy Boys, boys, poor old Frank and Joe. But Sherlock Holmes' <laughs> adventures made a big impact on Howard when he was nine years old. There was a major event in his house. His parents got their first TV, and that kicked off his lifelong fascination with and appreciation of Sherlock Holmes on screen. Uh, he is a graduate of James Wilson Young High School in Bayport, Long Island. He has a BA in English Literature from the University at Albany, from SUNY University in Albany. He is the general manager of Ocala Breeders Sales, which we'll talk to him more about because he's very involved in breeding and racehorse uh, work in Ocala, Florida. And he's also the manager of a comedy club. And he is uh, the only person we will ever welcome to I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere with the title of Sherlock Holmes Media Pundit. Welcome, Howard Ostrom. Well, thank you. I'm very honored to be on your show. I've enjoyed it for years. Well, I mean, we knew there was somebody. You, you and you and three <laughs> other people. That's great. Yeah. Now I well, mentioned. Not me a pen, by the way. I'll have you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I answered one of your questions, and he was going to send me a pen. He never did. Uh oh. Oh well, we can fix that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I may have one or two left. We can fix that. <laughs> now, I, Howard, I mentioned in introducing you in that little sketchy biography that your first um, connection to Sherlock Holmes was when you were in school. But can you tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about that, about that time you first met Sherlock Holmes? Well, here's something I learned by writing the book and all the uh, – I write a lot of niche essays and stuff. It's just a way of me keeping my notes is to write these essays on all sorts of subjects, Holmes, comedian Holmes, animal Holmes, female Holmes, Afro-American Holmes, Russian Holmes, Polish Holmes. I've got a whole selection of essays, but that's just the way I kept my notes. And uh, a kid over in England um, named uh, – you know him, Fode, uh, Ross K. Fode. He had a website called No Place Like Holmes. And I had seen a YouTube of him doing reviews of books. And he was a young guy and a good comedic mind. And he had a lot of fun on it. And I put some comments on his YouTube. These are fun. Make more kind of this stuff. And he contacted me and we got talking. And he wanted to put my collection of autographs on his website because he'd seen some of them and he wanted a place to the public to see it. So we became involved and he started putting all my essays on there. And then he started making films of my essays. And so we had these Diogenes documentaries on YouTube. And uh, the early part you're talking about was I, like everybody else, started with books and literature. 
And I had to move around a bit with some tracks, racetrack work. And uh, I ended up next to Don Hobbs out in uh, Dallas, Texas, Flower Mound, Texas. And he had his uh, maniac collector that he is. Uh, I got to visit his library and stuff. And I had a collection of pastiches. And the hounds of the internet were coming around at that same time. So I'd get on the hounds of the internet. And I would try and talk media. And there was one fellow from, uh, I think it was Robert Morris University up near Pittsburgh. He would talk media with me, but everybody else would attack me for like, this is literature. And it's a, I, uh, you probably know the rodents, but they, they pretty much ran me off there every time I tried to talk about media. They insulted me <laughs> and stuff. So, <laughs> so I switched over to uh, Welcome Homes when it started, and they were more open. I could you know throw out everything i wanted there but sometimes they said i talk too much so uh <laughs> well what was your what was your uh path i'm not quite clear about your path here so when you first read the Holmes stories as a very young person yeah. did that did that stay with you i mean were you were you a big consumer uh, of other stayed, mystery fiction yeah no not really mystery fiction um i was more into um Lord of the Rings, Robert Louis Stevenson, Charles Dickens. Those were my favorite authors during that period of time. But once I saw Basil Rathbone on TV, I would have swore that's what started me on media stuff was Basil Rathbone. But writing this book, I'm suddenly getting all these things that were on TV when I was young, late 50s, early 60s, you know, through the 70s. I'm finding hundreds of Sherlock Holmes that I didn't observe. I watched these shows. How come I didn't see these Sherlock Holmes, you know? So that was part of a reason for putting – every time I'd see one, I'd put it on a note and throw it to the side. And eventually (laughs) computers came out, and I was able to put them in a file on a computer, you know? That's why I had all these notes for all these years. And Don Hobbs – well, I was going to tell you, when I was in Texas with Don Hobbs and had to move back to Florida, I didn't want to move this giant – book collection and he had autographs of um jeremy brett when he visited dallas and i had a few autographs of rathbone and a couple others that i gotten years earlier so i decided to convert my collection and trade him all the books because i had some rare books that he wanted and get his autograph and i had to stay in texas for three months to sell a new house i had built but i was going through a divorce and uh i stayed there to sell a house so to stay out of trouble, I wrote every single actor who played Holmes or Watson on stage, in film. I would go through the internet and find addresses, find theaters they were at, find uh, the, their agents. And I'd try to go through all those. And I developed a huge collection from that. And that, that was media, which set me in a direction of all of a sudden – I find some of my autographs are wrong because I'm going with the reference books all out, Pointer, everyone that was out. I had every reference book on Holmes and in screen, Holmes and media. And I thought it would be a finite collection. I had all these reference books. I go, oh, there's a few hundred guys. I can do this all. This would be cool. You know, let's get them all. And then just sell them off when my daughters are old enough to go to college. Just build it up and then sell it off. And all of a sudden I find out a lot of these guys did not play homes or there's bad information. And what, what started all that was actually Les Klinger article in the Baker street journal. He wrote an article 
it was a humorous article, and he was saying that the first Sherlock Holmes uh, was not Marie, uh, was not Maurice Costello, who's listed in all the reference books, and that he had spoke to Michael Pointer, and Michael Pointer told him it had gone to publish when he learned that his source was bad on that, and he didn't think it was him. But since the book was already published, he couldn't do anything about it. And all of a sudden, every book from then on had Maurice Costello. And I had gone on eBay, bought a Maurice Costello autograph, had it framed up on my wall. But I'm proud. I got the first Sherlock Holmes. And now I'm reading this article. I'm saying he might not be it. And I'm like, oh. So I take this knowledge. And now you can search the Internet because all these newspapers are being put on and all these old movie magazines by different uh, funds and universities and things. And I had the ability they didn't have. I'm not blaming Pointer and the, the previous guys. They didn't have that. They had to go to the Library of Congress and try and look stuff up. You know, I could search. So I started out with this search to find out who the first Sherlock Holmes really was. Uh, Klinger had wrote the article, but he just made it a humorous article where he says, since it wasn't Maurice Costello, uh, Sherlock Holmes was on hiatus during this period of time, so he came over here and made the film himself, and that was the humor of his story. But I said, I got to figure this out, you know, Vitagraph Company, and that that's got my first research paper was who was the first Sherlock Holmes of film, and I had to find, I had to go through millions of articles on silent films, and meanwhile I'm copying all the notes on the silent films, so I'm, I end up writing the history of Sherlock Holmes and silent films with hundreds of new finds that nobody has in any of the reference books, well, let's, and uh, I just put it over. I, yeah, Howard, did, well, my my curiosity is getting the better of me. Who was the first Sherlock Holmes if it wasn't Maurice Costello? It was Gilbert Anderson. And the way I proved it was Les sent me, when we got to talking on the Internet, he sent me the photos he had been given. He had some photos, and he could never identify them, he said. And I had the complete history of Vitagraph, who was in the company, who was directing, what what year they got there. And that's how I could I could tell you that uh, Maurice Costello in the year, the month and time the film was made was actually in theater in West Virginia. And his wife also had their first kid and he was at the hospital when it was. He wasn't making a film. And he didn't join that company until two years after that film was made. But Gilbert Anderson, who started SNA, SNA Films, who made the Gillette film, as a matter of fact, right. he was um, – Starting out, he had started out with Edison. He had jumped over to Vitagraph. He had made one film prior to this as a director, and he used somebody else in that film. But from then on, every film he directed, he started. And the reason – there's no credits on the film, but I've since discovered um, articles with ads for the film with more pictures, and I can identify him now. And uh, he basically – from there, he only made – he was with them for a year. Then he jumped over and started his own company because he wanted to be a cowboy. He wanted to be a cowboy hero. So who did he become? Bronco Billy, the first cowboy of films. And he made hundreds of Bronco Billy famed films and uh, started his own film company. But he was the first Sherlock Holmes of film, 1905, other than, you know, the 1900, that 32nd. Yeah. Mutoscope. Yeah. That, that, so, that uh, Sherlock Holmes baffled. Yeah, that, that, that actor is, is lost to the ages, unfortunately. Yeah, I've tried a lot of investigation to find that. And I have a theory, perhaps, who it might be. But 
Uh, I haven't been able to prove that yet, so I have no paper on that yet. <laughs> but I'm working on it. That's a tough one. So going back to uh, this this notion of the Diogenes documentaries that you you mentioned before, because you've, you've obviously had uh, you know this this long term interest in film and television, and and you decide to take uh, one of your papers and and bring it to life with uh, with Ross Fode. What yeah. was that very first episode about? Uh, it was the history of Sherlock Holmes in Russia, and. It was mainly because I had more information on Russia than anybody around because a fellow named Alexander Orloff, who's a heck of a uh, researcher over in Moscow, uh, Alexander Orloff was a friend of mine on uh, Hounds of the Basketball way in the beginning. And we worked – I wanted the autographs of the uh, Levanoff and Solomine, and he, he knew them. So he got me their autographs, and he traded me. He wanted Brett VHS tapes in those days. <laughs> so I would get him all the Brett tapes and trade him for the Russian autographs. So the first one we did, I had all this information on Russia, and nobody knew about the history of Russia. And also I had a girlfriend in Russia, so I wanted to impress her. So I made <laughs> I made a uh, – Mail order? That was – No, no, not mail order. <laughs> this was a real one. I actually been there, so – as a matter of fact, you might notice my picture if you if it's on your screen. Uh, I'm sitting at the uh, Moscow, the statues, uh, Sherlock statues, right outside the British Embassy. Yeah, that's great. Moscow. Yeah, that's so great. Those all he just took all my niche papers, and he loves. Uh, Russ is a, a really a genius. He's a bit autistic, and he's a bit shy, but he can write comedy. And he can film. He's got this little room. He puts up a green screen. His dad was on a soap opera in, in England. And his godfather was Jeremy Bullock, who was uh, Bubba Fett in the Star Wars. Huh. And still makes his living signing autographs as Bubba Fett. But so he had a little knowledge of filming and stuff. But he just used it. I went over there and visited him. And he uses this little room with a green. You, you wouldn't believe it. it's like in a closet. When you look at the. He he did his own Sherlock Holmes series, a comedy one where they're thrown into the future, and it's it's been on No Place Like Holmes for years. He's made a number of episodes. It's, it's a good, entertaining show. So he just loved my stuff. So he constantly wants more, constantly wants more, and then he picks out the stuff he likes and he he tries to you know make it into a documentary. And they're they're very entertaining. I I love him. I love that guy. It's great. It's so. great. So. Your your build as a as a Sherlock Holmes media pundit, and and I think before the show we were chatting, um, you know that, that you were a, a, a completist of Sherlock Holmes yeah. in the media, which you know that that kind of like that, that that makes you like the John Bennett Shaw of Sherlockian media. Um, yeah, that I'm a has, fanatic. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to be a tireless and and endless uh, pursuit. I don't sleep much at all because uh, I have so many connections now through all my papers. I, I did one paper just to get connections around the world on who is the first Sherlock Holmes in my country. And I'm up to 67, 68 countries now. But I throw stuff. I knew it couldn't be the oldest one, but it was the only one I could find. And then each of these clubs generally has somebody who reaches out to me. So I've made friends in every part of the world. And they send me anything new or anything they find, and I got quite a pipeline for information. 
I have a group of uh, six or seven people that we daily send our fines. And you probably know a lot of them. Uh, Jeannie uh, Patton, you know, from California. Sure. She's a BSI member. Yeah. She is a YouTube specialist, uh, YouTube and uh, the other one. Uh, she sends me a list of everything new put on there every day. Now, I got to go through this list and any clip that's an old TV show or something and can't be identified, I try and contact. I send constant messages to whoever put the film on there, to the producers of the show, the director to get the year and the, the home thing. And and a lot of them are in foreign languages. So I got to use Google Translator and I try and get the script. That you'll see in future books that a lot of YouTube stuff like the Rush ones – I translate some of the humor in it and put the whole comments in. It's pretty funny. Uh, Jeannie Patton sends him all that. A guy named Adrian Nebit over in Malaysia. He's a specialist, specialist on uh, British humor shows, 60s, 70s, and all your comedians. All your It's hard to name a comedian that hasn't done a parody of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, I can name one off the top of my head, and that's it who haven't done it. I can tell you all the rest when they did it. But um, Peter Sellers, for some reason, I've never caught Peter Sellers on any clip. You know, he's Inspector Clouseau. I've never gotten him. You'd think he'd be perfect for something to do with Holmes or some joke, but he hasn't. Hmm. But you name any other comedian, I'll tell you when he did it. And they hmm. all did it. I mean, all the way back to W.C. Fields, right on through Laurel and Hardy, you know, Evan Costello, the Three Stooges, um, any Rodney Dangerfield, anybody, they they have a clip on their show somewhere or another. And he's a specialist on the English ones. He really helps me out finding clips of those. Uh, Roger Johnson in England helps me out a lot. Peter Blau's in our little circle, and he sends me theater stuff all the time. Peter Blau, whatever's new coming out in the theater, which I'd like to crown this, uh, Ken, what is it, Kenneth Ludwig? Ludwig? Yeah. He's making his plays, there's six or seven or eight opening every weekend. <laughs> I, he keeps me so busy. I, that guy, I'd like to crown him. But he's <laughs> uh, in on it. Uh, Alexis Barkey is uh, Barkeen is my French guy. And he had a lot to do with getting this book done. Because Alexis Barkeen, he contacted our little group that we send around all the time. And he said, uh, this guy may not talk in this conversation or be sending stuff like we send back and forth. He goes, but his name is Theory St. Jonas, and can you put him in our little group so that he gets everything we send around? He'd like to see all this stuff. And what happened was a year or two after reading all the stuff I'd send every day, he called me and he said, look, my lifetime dream is to put everything in an encyclopedia, everything about Holmes. I'm a completist. He's nuts too, just like me. It was a perfect partnership. So I'm an honorary Frenchman now. Actually, I have relatives who are French, so I fit in there. Yeah, well, Howard, Howard, let me yeah. jump in here and ask you. This yeah. is a good segue into this book. So the book is Sherlock Holmes' Cyclopedia, Volume 1. And it is Sherlock Holmes on screens for 10 years, from 1929 to 1939. And it is, as you say, edited and illustrated by Thierry Saint-Jeuny, who is, if our listeners don't remember, uh, the founder, the founding president of the Société Sherlock Holmes de France. Um, so how did, um, how did 
you know, step us, yeah, step us through sort of three things here. I mean, why begin at the silent era rather begin at the sound era rather than the silent era? And how did it come to be produced by, uh, uh, Thierry saint Johnny? And, and what's the, what's the future of this uh, series look like to you? Uh, Wow, the future is going to be long and far. I mean, we're going to make the Walls books look like, you know, Reader's Digest when we get done with this. But, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ron, if you're still around. But um, what happened there? The first, I would have liked to start with silent films, naturally, because many of my discoveries are silent films. So I, I developed an interest in that because I had to do so much research for my autographs. And I wrote the what I sent him in writing was he had contacted me and said, uh, you are the person I want to write this. And Les Klinger earlier had read my Sherlock Holmes silent film stuff, and he had sent a note to uh, Stephen Doyle saying this needs to be put in a book. And uh, I said, well, thanks, Les. Uh, I'm glad you're impressed by it. But I sort of just put my stuff on the Internet because I'm always changing it so much. And I don't want people critical of me for their errors and stuff. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, too, and a completist. So I said, when I have it on – I never wrote it in a book because when I have the articles on the internet on Ross's site, I can just go in and make corrections and make changes and add stuff and take stuff out and do what I got to do. I said, once it's in a book, you better have your stuff ready. So when uh, he called me and said this was his lifetime – dream his heart was in it i was like well this is a guy if i'm gonna do it i'm getting old i better do it right now because a lot of people have asked me over the years you got all this information what are you gonna just die and take it with you and you know or what it's they said put it in a book put it in a book put it in a book and i just always said i don't want it until i feel ready and right when he said that i felt ready because i felt i had a publisher whose heart and love for the subject was the same as mine after speaking mm. to him. Mm. So he wants to continue this on. I mean, he wants to do every aspect of Holmes, the encyclopedia complete. He wants me to go through the stage and all that with him. And then he's got other people for comics. For, he's got specialists in all those areas that he's contacted. He wants to do a major stuff. Let me ask you a question here and stop you for a second about that. So, so the purpose of the cyclopedia is really to gather information about homes and media, stage, screen, and other things. Is that the focus? Yeah, on? There's two things I wanted to focus on and a thing he wanted to focus on. I wanted to have a guide out there because so much is all this new technology, the YouTube and the Cinemax and the Netflix and Everything can be viewed now pretty much, but nobody knows what the stuff is or where to find it. So I want to have not a TV guide per se, but a Holmes guide that has every date, every film, every Holmes, everything on TV, everything on the Internet by title, date. And anybody could look this stuff up if they want to see it. I mean, I have cartoons. I have anime. I have – there's a million things. So I, I'm well – there's thousands of items, but you wouldn't know that from volume one. Because here's what happened with volume one. I'm a, I'm probably the number one specialist on silent films because I did more research on that a lot of years. And he didn't think it was smart. He's the publisher, and he wanted to start with the talkie era. He didn't think silent films would sell as much, and he thought there'd be more interest from then on 
and that we could always put silent films in later. Because if you don't sell volume one and you don't sell volume two, there's no volume three kind of deal. You're not in it to take a loss. I'm personally not in it to make any profit. I just like doing it. But he, that was his idea to start with that volume. And Charles Preplak from uh, Canada, who, who bought the first volume, asked me that exact question. He goes, you're a silent film guy. He goes, why didn't you start with that? You know? And I said, uh, it was the publisher's choice and I trust him. And his aspect, when we both agreed on, we wanted tons of pictures. We wanted reviews from the exact period of time. So people understood how the people viewed it, not how modern people view it. Uh, so we had a lot we wanted to put in it. Now, Gillette the Bread 5 was coming up and I was scheduled to go that. And uh, we wanted to have something out in time for that. So if we did a decade, we could get the format down and what how we wanted to do it and get it out in time for that event. So people could have a, a nugget. That's just a nugget of what we're doing. I mean, that's a small, it's like you found one thing of gold and what's coming up is going to be a gold rush for everybody. <laughs> when they, yeah, when they see what's coming out, they're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe the things you see and the people you see who are, were Sherlock Holmes in the future. I can't wait to get to that stuff. But, uh, that's how that book is a little smaller than the rest are going to be. Uh, we wanted a hardcover. We wanted a collectible. We agreed we want – I know the price is higher because we used the fine paper for the pictures, and we used the hardcover because we want it to be a collectible item. We don't care if it's mass market paperback and falls apart. We didn't want that. So we kept the price a little higher, and we tried to use something that would sell immediately. In the ancient Anglo-Saxon kingdom of Wessex, it is St. Andrew's Day when we celebrate the patron saint of Scotland with a day of feasts and reunions. But you won't be looking at family photographs, not when you can explore A Study in Celluloid, a producer's account of Jeremy Brett as Sherlock Holmes. It's the inside story of the most successful and faithful adaptation of Sherlock Holmes ever filmed by Michael Cox, the producer who decided to make the definitive series for a new generation. Back in print at last and available right now at wessexpress.com. How like a winter hath my absence been from thee the pleasure of the fleeting year. What freezings have I felt, what dark days seen, what old December's bareness everywhere. Or if birds sing, tis with so dull a cheer that leaves look pale, dreading the winter's near. It's the perfect time to warm up with a new book from the Wes Express. Choose yours today. Yeah, so, so for those of our listeners who are curious about what this looks like is, as you've just said, you have for every Sherlock Holmes appearance in talkies from 1929 to 1939 in this first volume you have photographs reviews a list of the cast where you've got that you've got a summary of the plot and you've got pictures and pictures and pictures of the lobby cards the advertising uh just about everything here not just from the states but also from Germany from oh, yeah. 1937, Der Mann, der Sherlock Holmes war, Hans Albers as Sherlock Holmes. Oh, You've got, um, well, I don't, I've never seen that. You've got Arthur Wantner, of course. You've got cartoons, the Herring murder case, 
with a character called Bimbo who wears a, a deer stalker. You've got Slick Sleuths from 1930, a Mutton Jeff cartoon. Uh, you've got just about everything in here. That was, that was the colorization of that Mutton Jeff. It was originally a silent film, a silent cartoon. So that'll be in the silent edition also, the first one. But yeah. yeah, that stuff's in there. But actually, what drives us crazy as completists is when we get that out and it's published, we found two more really rare things. And they'll start off the front of two, which will say, whoops, these should have been in one. And when we put it out as one major biome and it's all done, they'll be back in section one because I got another 29 or 39 film. <laughs> that are, well, you're missing I a bet here. You could be selling the revised second edition. You know, that's uh, yeah, yeah. even more of a collection. <laughs> I don't want people to buy one. <laughs> nah, they'll be in the front of two. They're, they're especially one of them. I was amazed when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. And it's going to be a big surprise when people see that. And it's an actual Sherlock Holmes. It's not that we have a lot of quasi Sherlock Holmes. And you got to understand with the, the silent films and of course, when Doyle was alive and, and then his estate, they weren't going to let anything go without getting money, first of all. And also they claimed they wanted quality, so they wouldn't let any of this quasi stuff go out. So people often change names, but they appeared as Sherlock Holmes. And all the advertising always has uh, the posters will have, you know, uh, what's your name? Burns and Allen, Gracie Allen, for example, in there. You'll oh, yeah, her. yeah, the Gracie Allen yeah, murder case with a, sort yeah, of a Philo Vance thing. Yeah, it's sort of a Philo Vance thing, but all the advertisement is her dressed as Sherlock Holmes. So that's a quasi-Holmes, but it's because of copyrights and it's because of money. And it, they wanted her to be Sherlock Holmes, so we we include that stuff. The The reader can say, oh, that's not Sherlock Holmes or this or that. It's the same thing going on with the modern Holmes and everything else. But we are completists. We're going to have everybody. If you're in a deer stalk or you're on a poster or you're or walk through a, a set when it's being filmed, you're going to be in the book. So you're done. Same as the A to Z. I mean, look at our A to Z list. It's, I add a dozen names a night for that from the stuff, for example, Jenny sends me or the other guys, Peter, or the ones I've said. And that just goes up by 10 a night. And uh, as a matter of fact, Burt Walder, I know, is in there. He's um, It was a 1974 uh, newspaper article, if I remember right, for the three Garadebs. Uh I guess he was in that society. It was called uh, – what was it called? Holmes Gets Homage, I think, was the name of the article. Uh, Bert, do you remember like Andrew Peck or Bruce Kennedy? Oh, or, oh sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Lenny. Lenny, Lenny. Yeah. yeah, you're in the A to Z. And Scott's in there. I don't have him on his own entry yet because I've not found a nice picture of him dressed as Holmes. He's too dapper a dresser, I guess. But he's in one of your pictures because I put a modern one where he's standing next to you with his big smile and you got your dear stalker on. How about that? <laughs> so Born again, like in 2014 or something. You're in there twice. Two pictures. So our so our listeners know uh, what we're talking about here. This is the A to Z of Sherlock Holmes performers, uh, also housed yes. on uh, the No Place Like Holmes website. We'll have a link directly to that. Uh, and these are uh, PDF files, uh, alphabetically, as the title would uh, infer, of uh, anyone who's portrayed Sherlock Holmes in any kind of production. And, and Howard, you are absolutely right. I have played Sherlock Holmes. It was in a play 
that John Besh, Josh Schaefer, and I did before the Speckled Band, uh, probably uh, in the late '90s, I want to say. Uh, and well, and I play Holmes. I and I, I need to. I, I've seen those photos somewhere. I don't know where they are, so I need to track that down. Yes, you do. <laughs> you need to be in the A to Z, or you're nobody now, Monty. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's funny. So, what, what's uh, as as you've been collecting these entries, both uh, for the performers as well as the performances uh, for the book? What's what's the biggest surprise been to you over the years? Wow, that's a tough one. You know, if you ask me, uh, everything gets redone. There's so many of the silent films are made into newer stuff, and the ideas are stolen all the time, and that's ideas stolen. There's one that was never made. That really ticks me off because it's the funniest plot. You'll see when the silent films is out. But sometimes people have said, uh, what is a, a film you'd like to see best silence? And everybody's going to say, you know, Barrymore, Gillette. Yeah, I love that. But um, it's called Tor- Torpedo Pirate 1918 with Walter Stevens. And it is I, – I was at 221 Beacon and I was doing a – a discussion on silent films and they couldn't put anybody with me. So I had to talk an hour because nobody else knew the silent films, but I read the plot of that and the place just cracked up. It's so funny. The, the action, how the, the professor and they're trying to steal his secret torpedo that flies. And, uh, at the end of the, they bring in this vamp, this hot chick and, throwing the professor off and they steal it. They try to steal the thing, but Holmes comes in and saves it. And he ends up at the end. He flies it out of there. So they don't get it. And he's flying it over the English channel to France. And I don't know that plot. I, I want to see that movie made. So they, uh big surprise is who's Sherlock Holmes. Uh, there's so many. Uh, how about Kurt Douglas? Would you know Kurt Douglas? What? Sherlock Holmes? When, when did he play Sherlock yeah. Holmes? Right. Uh, Japanese um, coffee commercial, dressed as Holmes. It's it's entertaining. It's great. You're so, kidding. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas did a. Kirk Douglas did a spot for a Japanese coffee commercial dressed as Sherlock Holmes. Well, sure, Bert. Yeah. Who, who else yeah. would? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. What a dummy I am. Uh, well, you got uh, Charlton Heston who played a. Um, to me, he played a wooden Indian. They called it Sherlock Holmes. He was like a cigar store Indian to me, the way he acted as Sherlock Holmes. But uh, yeah, there, yeah so, uh, there's a million surprises. I mean, you could take the A to Z, and it's behind a little because it's time to catch up. He's so involved making films and stuff. And it's probably up through 4,300 right now, but I have over 4,500 in it. And there is a million. You can't go through a letter without finding 10 or 15 major surprises because I have, I have Sasan, you know, if you remember Sasan and he did a play, uh, just at one of your meetings and I have a picture of him, you're in there. If you did cosplay at something and the, the picture's really cool, you're in there. If you're, I have a lot of, one of my favorites is all the models. Uh, some of these designers base their things on Sherlock Holmes and, the models dress with the Dia store or Sherlock, something involving Sherlock Holmes. And I have a load of models in there and that's very enjoyable. Um, it, there's a million surprises. And the book, it, the 
thing with the book in the future, which this book didn't have enough of, because those films, a lot of those films are well known, um, the Wanderers and everything. And I try to get the lesser well knowns to put comments. The section called Odds and Ends. There was some in there, uh, like you know about the films found in the Hitler's uh, pillbox and stuff like that. But I try to put a lot of odds and ends trivia of this guy played Sherlock on stage and that this guy played, Sh- and I tie in who's ever in a film into other places they played Sherlock, even if they're not Sherlock in that film. So there's a ton of trivia going to be in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, especially. So that. That gets away from more that this first book didn't have a lot of that. And that's something I really enjoy. So that would be a surprise. That's fabulous. So, so Howard, um, if our listeners are suitably interested, where can they get a hold of Sherlock Holmes Cyclopedia Volume 1? And when do you expect Volume 2 to be available? We're working on Volume 2. I expect it to be out hopefully before the first of the year. Uh, and it'll be twice as big as volume one because it's going to go up through 1959. It's going to go right to the start of colorization with the uh, Hammer film, Hammer Hound. So mm-hmm. it'll go 1940 through 1959, basically. Um, the, it can be got off the um, website of the publisher. Uh, also, they could email me at uh, Howard Ostrom, simple Howard Ostrom at gmail.com. And I have a number of copies of volume one, and it's uh, $35. I have postpaid. I'll send it to you, too. That's for people in the United States. Um, Larry is in France, naturally the publisher, so he does Europe and Canada. But I do uh, the United States people. When he gets orders on his website, he sends me the address. I send them out from here. Well, that's um, great. So uh, he, the, the website is mycrofts.net. We'll have a link directly yes. to the book uh, in the show notes. Uh, to make it easy, just click right on that. It'll take you right to the book description and give you ordering instructions no matter where you are in the world. That's right. And the thing, too, is I get asked this all the time, is why don't you put it on Amazon? And you have to understand, I, I have a French publisher, and his their theory is we're not going to give our money to the president of Amazon so he can get richer. <laughs> so that was his theory. He's, he's so, doing quite well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know he is. So they, he's not interested in putting it on Amazon, but I get asked that all the time. It gets annoying. His, his decision not to put it on Amazon is going to last just as long as it takes for you to see a photograph of Jeff Bezos wearing a deerstalker. <laughs> well, now looking great, looking to your A to Z, you want surprises? You're going to have a number of photos of Donald Trump in a deer stalker. You're going to have a number of photos of Barack Obama in a deer stalker. So, yeah, there's plenty of surprises. Oh, that's like great. That there's, a, there's a Sherlock Holmes for everyone, no matter your, your political persuasion. There that's is. right. The voice actors are in there. Uh, actually, some stunt doubles are even in there because I had nice pictures. Of that. If they have a nice picture dressed as Holmes, they're going to make it in there. Is Howard, is there anyone whom you would like to see play Sherlock Holmes who hasn't? I was really hoping that Sasha Baron Cohen played it in this upcoming film because it was originally him <laughs> as Holmes with uh, – oh, what's his name? Will Farrell as Watson. Now that I would have liked to see. I'm not so sure if I want to see it with John C. Riley with Farrell as Holmes. 
because he's a little bit too goofy as humor for me. But uh, and I run a comedy club, so I have a good sense yeah. of humor. What but, have it, related? Have you seen the uh, the trailer for the Laurel and Hardy uh, biopic that Riley is in? Yeah, that looks good. That looks good. Yeah, that um, I, I think he'll be great actually, in that. The trailer for Detective Pikachu interests me. I mean, I thought the the trailer was very good for that. Whereas the trailer for that uh, Sherlock Gnomes with Johnny Depp kept me from seeing it. <laughs> Once I saw the trailer, I had no interest in seeing it. Well, who knows? So I mean, if you're if you're watching Detective Pikachu, uh, Kirk Douglas may pop up in a coffee house. So. <laughs> now, Michael, maybe maybe we'll get Michael in that. Uh, you know they but, uh, they can they can resurrect them. Well, actually, Kirk Douglas isn't dead yet. What am I saying? Uh, they, yeah, they, they could superimpose him. <laughs> no, he's he's over a hundred, I believe, and thank yeah, goodness I he's think, still with us. Yeah. Well, this That's is fantastic, great. Howard. Um, you've you've got you've got volume I, I, two coming up next. I mean, what's what, what's your expected cadence for the entire collection here? As you as you think about the decades that you're you're going to cover. I think we'll go straight through until 2000 before the silent show up. Uh, I really like to get that silent out, but there's so many. You can't believe the number of silence that nobody's heard of that I got in. I mean, I found the first black silent, which is in none of the reference books. I found the first cartoon with Afro-American actors, voice actors. It was a part of the uh, first silent. And I mean, all the uh, reference books you got will list other films as that. And uh, there was before that. I like what's going on now. I mean, I'm not I'm not an elementary fan. I I really turned off by uh, hoping American kids don't think that's the true Sherlock Holmes. But I actually love this Miss Sherlock Holmes with Yuko Taguchi. That that's phenomenal. Hmm. That show. Have you seen Miss Sherlock? I certainly have seen it uh, promoted. I haven't actually seen any episodes uh, yet. Uh, that's It's really a takeoff on the BBC Sherlock, and these two women are just absolutely wonderful in the parts. Uh, I was amazed by that. And actually, my favorite series out of all the things I have listed, it bombed in Russia, was the 2013 a series with um, Petrenko and uh, the, what's his name? Unfortunately, died after they made this year, but it bombed badly in Russia. And I, there's a paper on Russia's sites if you want to read all about how it bombed and everything and why it bombed. But it's my favorite series. Huh. I mean, it, it just forms. It's eight eight episodes. It forms a novella, and it's just the best Watson you'll ever see, Andre Panin, and the best Lestrade you'll ever see out of all the thousands of films. I, I got a thousand DVDs at least of Sherlock Holmes stuff. And those two are the best performances I've ever seen. Now, the Holmes was a bit quirky, but it just, they're so beloved with their original guy, just like so many people are beloved with Brett. They're the same way with Levanoff and Solomine, hmm. who were super. I mean, that's a super series, too. This film, these guys never had a chance because of politics, because the director was Ukraine and the Sherlock Holmes was Ukrainian. So it never got accepted by, uh, yeah. but it's a wonderful series. Yeah. Now, just uh, just in closing, Howard, if sure. if someone is new to the world of Sherlock Holmes, and there are all of these performers, all of these performances to choose from, and and let's say people have access to to anything as as they do nowadays, what would yeah. your recommendation be as to where someone should start if they wanted to watch something about Sherlock Holmes? I get asked this kind of question a lot, and actually, the thing I tell I send them to 
the Scarlet Claw with ba- with Basil Rathbone. I, I think if you don't like that one, you're not going to like Sherlock Holmes. To me, that is the best. It's not a Hound of the Baskervilles, but it's the best gothic feeling that I wish some of the Hounds had had, some of these versions of the Hound had had. You can't go wrong with the early Brett films, too, if you want to, if you want to, the Brett show, the early Jeremy Brett. But the, if they start with the later ones, they, they, they're not going to like it, I don't think. And uh, I definitely tell them to stay away from uh, Elementary, even though so many people love that Uh-oh. show. Uh, just the, <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys might. You can love it. I Look, put it this way. I love all our children. I love every one of our children, even Matt Fuhr, who I can't stand, but. He's one of my children. Anybody who plays Sherlock Holmes is one of our children. There you go. So we love them, and they'll all be in the book. And I didn't write reviews because I don't want people judging my opinion. I just want them to see what the opinion they can view it for themselves because they'll read a plot, they'll see pictures, and they can say, "Hey, I want to watch this. I don't want to watch that one." Because yeah. one of the films you mentioned earlier, the uh, thirty-seven one, the German one, that you guys haven't watched it with uh, what's his name, Albert. That that's just. Such an entertaining film where two guys go on a train, two con men, and they dress as Holmes and Watson. Everybody thinks they're Holmes and Watson, and they're con men. And then they end up going at the end. They have to go in front of it. They get caught, and they have to go in front of a trial by jury. And it's a surprise. Arthur Conan Doyle shows up and testifies for him. You know, it's just a funny, fun <laughs> film. What's the name of that film again? The Man Who Was Sherlock Holmes. Oh, of course. That kind of thing I would recommend. I would try and find what the person's taste is really like. I mean, because you see everybody forces you with these lists of the top 10 favorite Sherlock's, best Sherlock's, blah, blah. It's all how you – who entertains you the best, you know? I'm a ballet fan, so when I get those polls, a lot of times I I put Sir Kenneth McMillan because just that picture of him doing a leap. That no other Sherlock can do, and uh, that's my reasoning. I said, show me another Sherlock can do this, and then you can find a better one. Well, so, Jeremy Brett sprung uh, over the couch at one point, so, you know, there was that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's great. Well, the, so. the, uh, the, the book uh, by Howard Ostrom is Sherlock Holmes Cyclopedia Volume 1, 1929 to 1939. That's where you'll find that wonderful The Man Who Was Sherlock Holmes from 1937. The book is available, as we said, at mycrofts.net. We'll have a link directly to that in the show notes. Uh, you can get it there, and it will get shipped out to you post-haste. Howard Ostrom, thank you so much for sharing your very unique and extensive view of the world of Sherlock Holmes and media with us. Oh, I enjoyed it, fellas. It was great talking to you guys. I've admired your shows for years, and I'm very honored to to appear on it, uh, to speak on it. So, And uh, unfortunately, it's an hour show because I could talk to you guys for a week on this. (laughs) (laughs) It's such fun. It's such fun talking about So Great. And – Scott's got to remember to send me that picture so he can get in the A to Z. If I can find it, I'll send it along. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. You do Thanks, that. Howard. I'll Thank keep, you. I keep a lookout. I look, I'm on the hunt all the time, Facebook, Twitter. I have the Twitter street irregulars. I mean, they contribute a lot to me. I throw out questions there for people. And all the new entries uh, to the A to Z, they pop up on the uh, the uh, Twitter so if you follow Howard Ostrom at Twitter, I mean, you're going to see anything unusual I find that I like goes onto the Twitter. 
links uh, to YouTube's, and you'll you'll find some really interesting stuff there. It, my Twitter is ninety nine and forty four one percent on Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> All right, so. Ivory Pure. Well, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Howard, thank you so much for telling right. your story. Oh, I enjoyed it, man. Thank you. Well, I I have to tell you that even being aware that Sherlock Holmes is the most portrayed fictional <clears throat> character in film, I had no idea it was that extensive. Did did you? Oh no, not at all. But you know, one of the things that makes it so extensive is the very broad swath that Howard is accumulating and cataloging and researching and defining in in his collection. And there's so much. I mean, just my own memory. I can remember in one of my after one of my earliest Baker Street Irregulars dinner dinners at the lobby of the Algonquin Hotel, the then mayor of New York uh putting in an appearance wearing a deer stalker. And I'm sure somebody has a photograph of that and all the people who've done homes and puppet shows and plays and science society meetings. It's, um, it's a fire hose. I would imagine a fire eye hose, huh? (laughs) Yes. We need the eye nozzle to go on the end of the eye. (laughs) There you go. Uh, You know, I can only imagine if Ed Koch uh, showed up with a deer stalker on saying, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, somebody would have showed him Reichenbach, I think. (laughs) Oh, well. Well, that sound means that it is time to get on over to our quiz program. Of course, you know that every episode we do a, a little game show here called Canonical Couplets. And we challenge you to identify one of these 60 stories by these two lines of verse that we recite. And the last time around, it was this. The best three-quarter Richmond ever had. No laurels gained as husband or dad. Bert, do you know the answer to this one? Yes, it's got to be the discarded 25%. (laughs) Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. Uh, I think you were shooting for uh, a, a, a different version of the missing three-quarter. Uh, and An admirable guess, but you know what? It's actually wrong. What? I know. You fell into the same trap that all but one of our correspondents did. You know, we had a number of entries this time around that all guessed the missing three-quarter except for one. The winning answer was the Sussex Vampire. Let me read that again so we can put it into context. The best three-quarter Richmond ever had. No laurels gained as husband or dad. Because you, you remember Big Bob Ferguson hurling Watson over uh, from the, the Richmond game. And, of course, he was uh, suffering through some familial problems there at home at uh, at Cheeseman's and Lamberley, and that's why Holmes was called in. So uh, the answer was the Sussex Vampire. And we don't need to spin the big prize wheel this time because there, there was only that one correct entry. And what do you know about that? It's Olivia Kirkendall. 
That's right, Olivia. Congratulations once again. This is a back-to-back win for you. Uh, you won in the very last episode, uh, and and now you've won this one. So uh, I, I guess we have to what double up on prizes. I mean, have have you got any any bright ideas on this one, Bert? This, this yes, this is un- yes. Uh, this is unprecedented. So I'm I'm a little flummoxed here. Well, we need to just take something wonderful from the IHO's treasure trove. Uh, if we can find Jack Benny's combination to the safe, <laughs> or or Uncle Scrooge's combination for that matter, and also because of the subject, we need to see if we can send Olivia a lovely gift certificate to Bob's Big Boy. Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that canonical? I uh, no, but it is colistorical. Col- okay, but it is it is historical. <laughs> you know, and that's that's one of those weird things of Americana. It depends on where you are. If if that's applicable, I'll tell you what. Um, let's let's bundle uh, the, the gifts together, uh, and, and rather than sending them separately, we obviously send one package to Olivia. What we will have saved in postage, we will turn that into the big, uh, the Bob's Big Boy gift certificate. So, oh, that's great! She can get extra fries then. That's good. Yeah, or at least a cup of coffee. Well. That's fantastic. Now we have the next entry for Canonical Couplets. Are you ready? In this, alas, the great wrongdoer snatcher quietly failed to add a cubit to his stature. If you think you know the answer to this Canonical Couplet, write Canonical Couplet in the subject line of an email. Address it to comment at IHearOfSherlock.com. Send it to us. And if you're correct, you may be one of the lucky winners next time around. Good luck. Oh, excellent. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we are rapidly approaching uh, the end of the year. We actually have a couple of nice uh, episodes coming up next that are tied in with science and Sherlock Holmes. That should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that in December. And then, of course, as December rounds into January, that means that we'll be in New York attending the BSI weekend, January 9th through 13th, which if you do math, that's longer than just a weekend. They're in Midtown from really from Wednesday night until Sunday morning, early afternoon. There are all kinds of events going on for Sherlockians to partake in. Go on over to bsiweekend.com to check out all of the activities, and it, it'll have various links to send you to places to RSVP. They are pretty much all open to the public except for the BSI dinner. Um, and if you're not in New York, you can certainly follow along with hashtag BSI Weekend on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. So stay tuned, and if you do see... The two of us, we will have a little something for us. All you have to do is come up to us and whisper in our ear, I hose, and we will treat you to a little something. Yes, we will, we will give you the eye nozzle. <laughs> so, so you can, you can look down that eye hose. Yes. Uh, the, the eye hose fire hose of, of information. Well, I don't know about you, Bert, but, I am all hosed out. And so, <laughs> okay, hoser. I was going to say, up to the great white north, these are a couple of hosers, one being Scott Monty. And I'm Bert Walder. Take off. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game's, game's afoot. afoot. 
That in the pleasure of this conversation, I am neglecting business of importance, which awaits me elsewhere. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to join us again for the next episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast dedicated to Sherlock Holmes. Goodbye, and good luck, and believe me to be my dear fellow. Very sincerely yours, Sherlock Holmes.